You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. I hope everybody had a fantastic Valentine's Day weekend. Uh, To everyone out there, all the couples, uh, to your significant others, I hope it was a great day for everybody. Uh, President's Day tomorrow. A lot of people will be home. Um, a lot of off days for everybody, but we get to back to work here on Lockdown Browns. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, at Lockdown Browns on Twitter. As you know, Lockdown Browns, follow back account. DMs are open. Questions, ideas. Uh, off season, certainly always have flexibility to uh, do a little bit more here, uh, go a little bit more off script. So always that advantage. Uh, joining me from Sports Illustrated, Mr. Pete Smith. Uh, we'll get to Mock Draft Monday here uh, in the third segment. Um, wanted to get Pete on here. Uh, obviously, you know, big news probably pertaining to the Browns, and it's been a relatively quiet offseason, and quiet is good, certainly. Um, but the Houston Texans have uh, severed ties with defensive end, interior pass rusher, J.J. Watt. Uh, now, J.J. Watt uh, it says to be looking to play for a contender. And seeing the tweets of, you know, media outlets confirming J.J. Watt wants to play for a contender. Mentioning the Cleveland Browns and some of those same tweets still seems a little, you know, hard to get used to, so to speak. Uh, But, Pete, there's a lot of confusion, I think, with who J.J. Watt still is as a player, as opposed to the player that won, you know, two-time defensive player of the year, uh, what he could bring to this franchise. Uh, I think... People, you know, are, you know, too quick to maybe dismiss the possibility of one J.J. Watt joining the party here in Cleveland. Uh, he is outstanding still. Uh, he was – he's easily the best player on that defense. Um, if the Browns were to get him, he'd be the second best player on this defense the second he walked in the door. Uh, they don't have anyone close to as good as him other than Miles Garrett. Uh, he's just the that that level of player that you you would dream about if you're trying to be a contender, which is where the Browns are at. And I think part of the problem is that people have, sort of have to recalibrate uh, that the Browns are in these conversations that they have a legitimate case to make to somebody like JJ Watt. Uh, certainly, it would have been uh, easier to sort of lock him down in a trade and go from there, but that doesn't mean that they won't get him. Uh, he's, if he wants to win, uh, but still wants to get, you know, he obviously understands he's not going to get as much money if he wants to win a Super Bowl, but the Browns have more money than most teams and the ability to create it. So they can offer a lot to him. Um, obviously the 11 and five season playoff game, one on the road, they have a quarterback that appears capable of winning the Super Bowl in Baker Mayfield uh, and he can be just a, a massive piece of that puzzle as they basically try to you know, add a bunch of pieces to the defense this offseason. Uh, if they can get him, they could focus almost all their attention on the secondary. Uh, he fits Joe, what Joe Woods seems to want to do really, really well in that he still demands double teams consistently uh, as a run defender as well as a pass rusher. And if the Browns want to get smaller behind them and faster, they couldn't ask for anybody better to sort of soak up blocks and allow people to fly around and make plays. So, you know, you're looking at a guy who 
you know, people can complain about, well, he only had five sacks. The Texans only had 34. Uh, he was five of them, you know, and people are talking about how they should be going after Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson had 5.5 sacks and four tackles for loss. J.J. Watt had 16 tackles for loss. He still deflects a ton of passes. Hell, he still intercepted a, a pass and, and returned it for a touchdown against the Lions on Thanksgiving. Uh, he dominated against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Uh, he just does so much for this. And then, you know, with Garrett uh, in the ability to sort of move Watt around, if you put an Adrian Claiborne at right end in a rush package, you can find the turd, put Watt over it, and just let him be a playmaker. So, I mean, he's still – an incredible player. He was, you know, it, it, you know, some people like pro football focus, some don't. Miles Garrett was the sixth best defensive end based on pro football focus. JJ Watt was seven. Um, that could be a tandem, not unlike when uh, the Broncos had uh, Von Miller and Demarcus Ware, which is not lost on Joe Woods because he was there when they had that. Uh, and that helped them, you know, obviously was a big part of them winning the Super Bowl. So, you know, if you want to use uh, DeMarcus Ware as a, as a basis of comparison, you want to use Julius Peppers as a basis of comparison. Uh, certainly you, you're at least aware of the injury situation. He missed a ton of games in both uh, four years ago and five years ago, but the last three he's played – 40 out of 48, and he played 91.4% of the snaps last year, which is just absurd. So, I mean, you can reduce the amount of work he has to do, get him uh, playing at a high enough level. But, we, you know, so many people made this mistake with Olivier Vernon. We're ready to get rid of him last year, and then he comes back and dominates the second half of this year. Uh, unfortunately, suffers the torn, uh, torn Achilles. If not for that, you know, we would be talking about keeping Vernon around because he was that good. Watts, you know, better, but still offers that same of just massive impact. We, we get caught, uh, you know, occasionally get caught up in uh, stats too much. Granted, you always want production. You always want uh, that part to look good. But if you just watch him play, it's impossible to discount how just disruptive he is and what he could do with this defense. Him and Miles Garrett just would be unbelievable to watch. Uh, you, 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 you think about, you know, the size, uh, the length, obviously, which comes in handy against, uh, you know, a player of Lamar Jackson's capabilities through the rounds, obviously have to contend with twice a year. It, the overall size of the man, you know, where he's almost built like a defensive tackle, has the agility, uh, has the athleticism, obviously, to be one of the best DNs that's played in the NFL in the last <clears throat> decade. Uh, certainly has, you know, is the athleticism the same as when he first came in the league? No, but it's not for anybody at that age. And certainly, you know, the war of attrition that goes, you know, it, you know, in the trench play. But you you get a player just absolutely still highly productive. You get to bring him into an opportunity where he doesn't have to be the man anymore, um, making his job probably a little bit easier. Uh, and that's because you have Miles Garrett and you can have so many instances of, you know, all right, well, you take inside, I'll take outside. Um, certainly going to, uh, you know, accommodate, you know, <clears throat> as you mentioned, <clears throat> the uh, other pass rushers. So you can rotate them that way. Then there's also the possibility of, hey, you know, you don't have to overextend these guys. You can get one of them a blow here and still have a, a massive 
massive pass rusher with talent if you take miles off for a couple of plays or you let Watt get a couple of breaths and you know t- take a couple of plays off. Uh, it does make your blueprint for your offseason on defense a lot easier because now you've kind of settled up your front four and your front four rotation and you, you focus to that secondary. Um, obviously, they're going to do something at linebacker. It's not going to be major. It'll be a mid-round pick. It'll be probably maybe another veteran savvy move. B.J. Goodson can certainly be coming back to the fold. But it certainly eliminates a big offseason issue right off the bat. We're going to get to a little bit about you know the realness, the probability of all this, and some things with that as I continue along here with Pete Smith on your Monday, Locked on Browns. Just because football season is over does not mean you cannot whet your appetite in the wagering department, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. You've still got the NBA. You've still got the NHL. You've still got college basketball, golf parlays, NASCAR, whatever you are looking for. Check it out. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Also, everybody, do not forget to check out Locked On Today, uh, one of the new series we are starting here as we continue to grow on the Locked On Podcast Network. Peter Bukowski doing a fantastic job over there. Uh, all the major sports stories of the day, all condensed in one place. And like I said, Peter's kicking butt with that. Pete, with a veteran in this situation with J.J. Watt, you usually look okay moving on after a long, successful career with the same franchise. You look at what would be the hurdles to get him here to Cleveland. He doesn't have an association here with anybody. It's not a teammate. Uh, it's not anyone in the coaching staff. It's not anybody in the front office. So in order to pull this off, this would require the ultimate sales pitch. It's not that this front office is not capable of it. It's certainly not that this coaching staff, but so many times when we see a veteran in this situation, Pete, they usually end up going somewhere. And with Watt, obviously with two brothers playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, there'll be a lot of, you know, talk about that. Um, But this is kind of what maybe makes it difficult for Cleveland here, because in a lot of times, Pete, in these instances, a player will go to somewhere where he's already got a comfortable relationship. So, you know, the the honesty, the trust goes along with it. Uh, but to get – if they could successfully even get the opportunity to meet with him, um, and it seems for all intents and purposes, if, you know, he's all over the OBR, they are trying like hell to. Uh, they have no issues giving him you know, a decent contract. Remember, they put the largest dollar amount on the table last year for Jadavian Clowney. But I, that's for me, Pete, is one thing that makes me think that maybe there's a little bit of a hurdle here just due to the fact that, you know, most veterans in this instance go somewhere, you know, at least where they have some sort of relationship. Um, there is, you know, obviously a certain Hall of Fame worthy offensive tackle that was part of this franchise for a long time. But Pete, you got to worry about what would be the actual, beside, well, I mean, money, of course, the opportunity to play with you know, a great player in Miles Garrett, opportunity to be a contender. Um, it's just not the norm, though, sometimes with players in this position. They tend to go somewhere where essentially maybe it's safe. Mm, I don't see that many hurdles, really. This is not Reggie White going to Green Bay. Like, 
there's so many aspects of JJ Watt that can he can you know he, who knows where he'll ultimately go. It won't be Pittsburgh. It just won't. It won't be Dallas. But um, the Steelers stink. They're going to stink. He doesn't want to play somewhere that stinks. Uh, the list of free agents they're going to lose and still have to get under sale. It's 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 such a stupid conversation. Um, he's focused on legacy. He's focused on getting a ring. That's the reason he was so angry in Houston last year is because he thought, thought, felt like he was wasting a year. Is he going to be content wasting a year in Pittsburgh because his brothers are there? Derek Watts barely even a Watt. Who cares? Um, <laughs> but he didn't if, even get the initials. <laughs> if you're the Browns, you have so many things you can work with this angle that can potentially be interesting. First, obviously Joe Thomas knows them. They're both Wisconsin legends. Um, there there's, you know, an ability for Joe Thomas to, you know, try to sell him on Cleveland. You know, if, if Pittsburgh's not an issue, if green Bay's not an issue due to weather, Cleveland's not going to be an issue due to weather. Um, if you have Baker Mayfield and miles Garrett, uh, JJ Watt, is, you know, lives in Houston it's not a big trip for those guys to go down there and recruit him. Uh, from that standpoint, they can easily go find him if they want to. Uh, but I also well, your think two top that, your two top players are Texas residents as well. So, so I think uh, the other thing that I I think could be really compelling is the one thing we know about JJ Watt is he was watching that Brown Steelers playoff game, um, and you know. It may move him to see that a team that was missing all these players and coaches due to COVID, you know, sort of rise up and take down this team, uh, you know, sort of being able to see the sort of focus and, you know, the intensity and, and all these things going in the right direction that seem like the Browns are headed in, into a good place. He can also look and obviously see that, you know, the Browns had a shot to, to beat the Chiefs. Uh, and and make it to the AFC Championship. So there's a lot of things where I think it can work for them. But JJ Watt, uh, Miles Garrett is a huge part of this because he has never played with anyone as good as Garrett. Jadevian Clowney has never been close to this, and I don't even think he likes Jadevian Clowney. He was a pain in the ass in Houston. So he's got a guy who's you know a leader, a, a guy who's focused on being great. Who, who may be better than him now, who can take so much pressure off him, and they can really, you know, take this thing to another level. So, I mean, there, there are certainly a number of teams that are interesting. You know, the Chargers are interesting. If, if Watt believes enough in Herbert to, to potentially go to the Super Bowl. You know, the Packers are interesting, but they're going to have to make a bunch of real, you know, decisions on their roster in terms of their salary cap. Uh, they're going to lose some guys to free agency. Uh, like Aaron Jones is is almost certainly gone, and they may need wide receiver help, some other things. The Browns aren't really going to lose anything if they don't want to. They can sort of keep adding, and that's you know th that's an incentive. So it may really come down to how big of a believer Watt is in Mayfield. Uh, you know, I, I, that part's always an underrated aspect of this: is does True. he believe in Mayfield that he can take him to the Super Bowl? Uh, the other thing is, uh, you know. The Baltimore Ravens are going to be in on this thing. I think the Browns have a better case to make the Watt, but uh, that's another team that's going to be you know viable in this thing. But if you really get down to like 
what teams make sense unless he plans to play for free. It's not a hugely long list. And I think the Browns are as interesting as any. Uh, it's not Gerald McCoy basically going, you know, they're not going to be any good. They, they've proven that. They've already dealt with that part of it. And, you know, potentially J.J. Watt can help recruit other guys. So, you know, I don't know if they'll be successful, but, they, they you know, they just obviously have the reign of the, the, the reigning coach of the year. Uh, they, they've obviously done a, a lot of really good things with the organization uh, under, under Andrew Barry. Just things seem to be heading in a positive direction. So unless J.J. Watt has already sort of pre-decided that he's not interested in this team, if he's willing to listen to them make their pitch, I think they're way more interesting than, than people seem to want to give credit for. It, it, if the goal is to win – you know they can sign Watt to two years. You know if, if if they decide to do a third year, they can always do that. But you have Miles Garrett locked up. You have a lot of these players locked up, and you can sort of have a real nice group for you know at least two two years in a row as you go for the Super Bowl. It's it's intriguing. It's it's a star player, and it'll tell a lot on exactly what the outside view from the 31 other franchises, obviously all the various players from the 31 other franchises about what they feel about this franchise, where they're at, the legitimacy that they think it has. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a perfect pairing. Um, obviously again, though, I do have my concerns uh, from the fact that, you know, there's maybe not somebody here comfortable enough that he already knows, but you know, the I think the writing is on the wall after last season. I think the writing is on the wall after, you know, what they were able to do uh, in the postseason, uh, you know, obviously taking, you know, Pittsburgh basically behind the woodshed and, you know, taking their soul, uh, coming in within a few minutes, uh, possibly, you know, beating the Kansas City Chiefs. And, yes, I know, I know Patrick Mahomes didn't play for about a quarter and a half. I'm aware, everybody. Uh, but it's – it is a great opportunity. If you were saying you were looking to go play for a contender – and if you're looking for somebody that can also pay you a decent amount of money, not the 17 point million that you were on the books for going to be on the books for, I'm sorry, in 2021, it, it brings for an outstanding opportunity for a fantastic player to join this fold, to join this fray. And again, where he doesn't have to come in and, and be the player he was for that Texans defense for so long, where everything went through him. They didn't win if he didn't have a phenomenal day. He can come in, contribute, and you know work with you know one of the top pass rushers in the NFL today, if not the top pass rusher in the NFL today, depending upon your opinion. And then it makes things easier where your focus can shift to you know your other needs in the secondary. Your needs, uh, you can shift your focus to you know a couple of needs that you might want, might need to help take that offense to the next level. But as far as you bringing JJ Watt in to the Cleveland Browns fold. Uh, if here's here, his ears are open, his phone line is open. That's something you absolutely have to get on. We're going to get to a little bit more here as I take over from mock draft Monday, Pete Smith from sports illustrated. Make sure you follow him at Pete Smith underscore at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, at Browns digest, everything through SI.com. Pete and his team have been doing a fantastic job covering this. And it'll be certainly something to monitor here over the next couple of weeks. This isn't something we have to wait for the new league year for. So this will be one of the big early NFL offseason storylines. The improved Bill Bar is even more deliciouser. 
18 amazing flavors now, including six new flavors, including nut and not nut flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they are great for the keto diet. Your flavor profile for your cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carb. Even if you just want to eat it as a snack, it tastes as good as it is good for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. As we continue on your mock draft, Monday edition of Locked On Browns. Obviously, we sat down with Pete and we talked about J.J. Watt and him hitting the market, which will probably most likely the biggest domino to fall this early in the free agent process of the 2021 NFL season. But it is Mock Draft Monday. Time to talk about some prospective rookies that could fit in very nicely for the 2020 Cleveland Browns as they look to ratchet up that defense, maybe add a piece or two on that offense, and go even further in the 2021 NFL season. This mock, we didn't do any trades yet. We'll start to get that a little bit later on in the process where we can start to maybe peg down these players a little bit more. Uh, first round pick, 26 overall. Cornerback, J.C. Horn, son of Joe Horn out of South Carolina University. J.C. is physical. J.C. plays the ball extremely well. Uh, I think you look at him, not only could he come in here and be your starting second cornerback from day one. Uh, he's a little bit bigger than Denzel Ward, a uh, little bit more physical at the point of attack, has great ball skills, willing to tackle. J.C. Horn at 26, there's about four or five cornerbacks projected to go in this first round. All solid players. It's certainly a position to be looking at at number 26. Um, and keep in mind, of course, until uh, you know we see more of the way free agency shakes out. This mock uh, ended up actually with a little bit of a gift here in the second round. Uh, defensive tackle, Christian Barrymore from Alabama, collapses the pocket, physical in the run game, can get after the quarterback as well. If you could get a player of this caliber into the fold here uh, with a Miles Garrett, with a Sheldon Richardson, we'll see how that plays out. Maybe the possibility of playing with a guy like J.J. Watt. Just more and more ways to improve your pass rush, which just absolutely, without question, has got to be something that you are looking for to do here if you are the Cleveland Browns. Wide receiver, uh, one of Pete's favorites. The more and more I watch, I'm starting to grow on the guy as well. In the third round, wide receiver, Elijah Moore. Keep in mind, the Browns are going to be very similar to last year in the third round. They're going to have two picks later in the third round. Very close. I believe it's two out of three picks. Uh, wide receiver, Elijah Moore at Ole Miss. Can get deep. Was the most impressive thing on a terrible, terrible Ole Miss football team this year. Um, age matches up, production matches up, the speed is supposedly a 4-4 guy, and we've talked at length about how the Browns need to pick up the verticality within this office. offense. A player like Elijah Moore certainly gives you that. Uh, two picks later, uh, edge rusher, Jordan Smith at a UAB. Look, even if J.J. Watt, they were able to pull this off, you're still going to need more. Yes, I know Curtis Weaver's here. Curtis Weaver is a player that I spoke a lot of during the 2020 draft process. Spent the whole season out for the Browns, uh, where he is, where he's at, as far as development and health will be something to be keep, keep an eye on. 
Um, but you certainly want to, you know, have as many pass rushers as possible. A player of Jordan Smith's ilk, production is there at UAB, uh, gets around the corner well, uh, bends well. Uh, interesting, interesting player to add to this fold. And then hopefully maybe between Weaver or a player like Jordan Smith, one of them could grow into that next eventual starter for you at the edge position. Early in the fourth round, and this is this name is going to be all over, and it's going to be interesting to see the way it works for me. You guys know a uh, huge fan of Hampson and Seraldine. The size checks out. Um, you know, a good body to him. I've talked before about using him and possibility as a you know a nickel dime linebacker. Keep him around the line around the line of scrimmage. His man to man coverage deep is not the best thing in the world. So he's certainly a player. You know, you're going to talk more about playing in the box with the return of hopefully a healthy Grant Delpit. The continued development of Ronnie Harrison, who's better deeper than Nassar Dean, gives you a lot of flexibility within that safety group. Monte Rice out of Georgia. This um, you're looking for these Jacob Phillips, Sioni Takitaki types. Uh, production was there in four years at Georgia. Uh, captain uh, led the team in tackling two out of three, uh, two out of four seasons down in Athens. Uh, I really like the player. Um, he's a little bit smaller. Uh, listed six feet, six one, two thirty eight. Uh, probably right around that. You know, six and a half feet. Uh, moves well. Uh, he's able to get get off blocks. Uh, ideally, you're looking at him as a you know four three, maybe a middle linebacker. Uh, plays well enough in coverage that nickel and dime responsibilities could be part of the case for him. Uh, then you start looking later on day three, and you're starting to talk about possible value in developmental players. Uh, Ellerson Smith out of Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa actually has an excellent class of players. Um, he's another guy that can play edge. Uh, we still don't know what they feel about Curtis Weaver, but again, you know maybe this is something you can go four or five deep. Watt could always play on the inside and opportunities. You could find ways to put JJ, I mean, Miles Garrett inside and passing opportunities. Uh, could do the same with Porter Gustin. Gives a lot of flexibility to that defensive line. And then again, the key won't be just about covering people. It'll be about the fact whether or not teams can contain the Browns at pass rush in 2021. Thomas Graham Jr. out of Oregon. Pete and I have talked about this guy. Uh, runs his mouth like I love quarter, cornerbacks to do. He's just always chippy chirpy um, and guys flock to that personalities like that players flock to personalities like that and Thomas Graham even though sat out this year as a player that's certainly growing on me was a little rusty at the senior bowl understandably after missing a season but again a player like this on day three where not a lot's going to be relied upon him early uh, could fit into a future nickel position here with this team uh, players uh, you know I just like fun and uh, opportunity to maybe you know get it develop here during his rookie year put more on his plate in year two certainly something that interests me um, wide receiver class. It's a gr great group. It's a, it's a really, really great group. And this guy, if it wasn't such a great group, his name would be higher up. Tamaron Terry out of Florida State. The program as a whole at Florida State kind of just you know went from bad to worse and then maybe a little bit better uh, this past season. Um, Tamaron Terry is one of these players that kind of got lost in the, in the shuffle. Uh, there were times where he was a really, really excellent player, but the team overall just wasn't very good. Uh, then they were having issues with quarterback play and what they could actually do uh, with their passing game. Tamron Terry can get vertical. He's a bigger guy, uh, about 6'2". He's got long arms. Um, he was a bright spot for a poor passing game for Florida State for a couple of seasons. Uh, you take him, you know, maybe develop him sort of in a Kaderil Hodge type where you bring him along slowly. You're going to ask some other things of him, obviously, as a second-round pick. Um, but you're going to need to find some progression here to start getting this game, this offense, to not be playing in a box, so to speak, um, and getting them to use this full field as opposed to playing you know, the arena concept that they struggled with this year where they just couldn't get deep. Baker Mayfield did all he could this season, and he played excellent. But if you can get some players in here 
who can win on vertical routes, and it just gives you an opportunity to make throws even easier for Baker Mayfield. It's just going to help you evolve this offense into the next level. It's going to make your tight ends be more relevant. It's going to even help the running game even more. Not that the running game suffers in any way whatsoever, but it's the opportunity for the running game to get even better. Um, you don't have to throw any money at it. You already have your offensive line. If you can just hit a few big big pass plays, you know, 130, 140, you know, one, one a week, and it'll just make everything just easier for this offense as a unit. So that has been Mock Draft Monday. We spoke all about J.J. Watt, how it would be great. The question would be the hurdles, if the Browns can actually pull this off. Your Monday edition of Locked On Browns. Uh, great week coming ahead here uh, as you know, we're fully on into off-season mode. Uh, we're about a month away from free agency actually starting. Uh, it's crazy. And the NFL, I mean, it just it's the most accelerated sport there is as far as timing. Um, and it's how quickly it goes. And you know, off-season is no different than anything else. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.